Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Man, I'm glad to be back home. If you didn't notice, I was in D.C. last week uh, braving the cold weather. I mean, it wasn't that cold. It was cold. All right. It was less than 20 degrees. Okay. For someone who is a native Texan, that's cold. All right. I had several layers, but it was all for a good cause. We were marching for life. And we're going to talk a lot about that today, about what happened last week on the the issues, the different marches, rallies for life, uh, some really good things that happened during the week, what we see moving forward on some pro-life issues, policy issues, and election issues. I mean, we're right in the middle of a very active election season in the state of Texas. So we got a lot of great information to share with you, and I'm glad I'm not here to carry all that weight by myself. I've got a great guest today. Mary Elizabeth Castle, as you know, is the Senior Policy Advisor for Texas Values. She's going to be joining me in this great conversation. We're going to go about 30 minutes. And before I let her say anything, okay, make sure on your phone, okay, I'm going to do it on my phone here too. I'm going to share this to my page. Let's make sure it's not too loud. Let's get those numbers up. Let's let people know what we're doing. Let's get them into some groups because we're going to have a great conversation. Mary Elizabeth, welcome back to the Texas Values Report. It's great to be back and great to be here on this glorious Friday uh, in Austin. Yeah. You never tell what the weather is going to be, but we'll have a great show. Yeah, absolutely. And you carried the show by yourself last week. I know you had a judge from East Texas that's been very active on the life issue as I was, you know, making my way through the cities of our nation's capital. And But I know you were here, too, because you were at the Texas Rally for Life, but I want to get into some detail about that in just a minute. But I want to start with, you know, my experience, if you will, a lot of people's experience last week at the March for Life in D.C. I know you got to witness some of that, too, Mary Elizabeth. And, you know, anytime you're at a place like that and you tell people you're from Texas, they get all excited, particularly in the life issue with the Texas heartbeat law and all that good stuff. But I was there with my son's uh, Catholic high school group. All right. It was like 35 kids. This is St. Dominic Savio Catholic High School out of Austin, Texas. I had never been there as a chaperone, as a student group, and I really enjoyed the experience. It was fantastic. Uh, but, you know, it's a lot different when you're in D.C. and you're like responsible for other people. I usually get to go and kind of, you know, have an entourage of folks and we can kind of make our own way. And so it was great to kind of step back and see how these students would take it in. Many of them, the first experience. But really, to me, that highlights a lot of what I saw, which is the pro-life effort, the pro-life movement right now is being led in numbers, if you will, by a very younger generation. I know you've seen that as well. You're younger than I am, Mary Elizabeth, so maybe you're more in that category yourself. But it's really encouraging because, you know, I've been working on this work for a long time, really, in a lot of ways. I started with my pro-life witness in high school, but professionally, if you will, close to two decades. And so, you know, I've, I've grown up a lot during that time, I hope, matured a little bit, but seeing more and more young people, and that's where I started. I was leading a pro-life group when I was a law student and even before that. And so, but really, I just don't think the media talks about it a lot. I don't think people are aware of it. You know, always trying to figure out what young people think. Well, I tell you what, they really care about the issue of life. And, and Mary Elizabeth, I saw that on display quite a bit in D.C., yeah, you're right, Jonathan. And I will say there was one media story that kind of highlighted that issue uh, here in Austin, Texas. They noticed that here at the Texas Rally for Life, there were a lot of young people in attendance. In fact, they feel like the majority of people here at the Texas Rally for Life 
we're in that younger category of high school students, college students, and not just that, but also women. And so it is growing in that movement of people realizing, uh, you know, this movement just touches people across all ages. Um, many young people are getting involved. They're realizing the horrors of abortion, the injustice of it, and they're standing up for it, which is good. No, it is good. And, and look, there's, a, you know, this isn't an easy issue if you think about it sort of practically, right? I mean, a lot of times the scenario is a woman, not always young, because a lot of abortions are performed by older women that are married. They're not always in these challenging circumstances that we think of, but a lot of times it does happen that way. And you can uh, appreciate or sort of be sensitive to what that might be like, right? To, you know, to all of a sudden have to be a lot more responsible. You know, as a parent myself, it's, you know, it's a lot of responsibility to take care of children. And so I think, you know, that can be difficult, right? And you, you think about young people really sort of understanding the, the baby in the womb, the science of it, the technology, uh, you know, not to mention just the whole aspect of how, um, you know, sex education and sexuality kind of play into, you know, a topic that can be really tricky to maybe figure out how do you communicate this with students and young people. Uh, but I also think that there's a connection point when you're younger to the whole idea of birth and things of that nature and the optimism and the, you know, just the excitement that sometimes can often surround a child being born. And I think that's a connection point for a lot of young people. And, you know, for many of them, they're talking about these issues, right? They're discussing these issues. Um, you know, maybe sometimes they're discussing them in ways that, you know, as parents, we wouldn't be all that excited about, but they're having these conversations. It, it kind of touches young people a lot and they're wondering. And so I think, um, for a variety of those reasons, I think it allows them to connect to this issue and be a voice. And people want to know. I mean, when I was there, some of the group that I was with was interviewed by a media outlet. Uh, Relevant Radio interviewed them. And so people want to know what young people think. I'll tell you what I saw, what they think is that the Supreme Court got it wrong on this issue. And there's a lot of belief that these that Roe versus Wade is going to get overturned. And we're going to see a whole different environment in our states across the country. That's right. I think young people aren't just realizing the injustice of abortion, but they're realizing we can see a society where life is protected. And I think you're right that it really touches kids having that closer touch point. I remember volunteering at a table and having one of those little models of babies and the kids are really fascinated with that. And they realized that that was them not too long ago. So I think it's a really simple issue that resonates with them that you know, life should be protected at every stage, that you're human uh, at that very point of conception. And I think even a child can realize that. And it's beautiful to see them want to speak up about it, too. Yeah, look, and they have a legitimate voice. I mean, people are interested. There's a legitimate opportunity for them to talk about it. Um, you know, while, while there might be some science to it and there's a court case and all of that, it also there's some simplicity to the issue. We've seen that when we talk about the Texas heartbeat law, people will just connect with it. Wait a minute, the baby has a heartbeat. Well, we should be protecting that child. That that life shouldn't be ended. And so I think you see that in a lot of ways on the life issue. And sometimes that can get lost when you look at the court cases and all the legislation. And people could think that it's a little bit more complicated than it really is. But Mary Elizabeth, you and I know this, and a lot of people know this. Some people don't. Roe versus Wade was a Texas case. Henry Wade was the district attorney for Dallas County, right? Roe, and we were talking about this on the trip. I tried to not be like 
show up at the trip and be like, I'm the guy that knows everything about this issue. And, and I tried to kind of, you know, maybe like kind of just be, you know, in the audience or whatever. But I also wanted to try to see if the kids had questions and just sort of be a resource. Right. And so uh, inevitably um, with the, you know, a few different days we were there, the longer we were there, people did start to ask questions. And so I offered some information. And one of those is Norma McCorby was the woman in row. She was the row. She never had an abortion. Right. She gave birth to her child. She ended up becoming pro-life. And so and a lot of people don't realize that it was a Texas case, a lot of people in Texas. And so I think that adds to some of the interest sometimes of that issue in that case. But young people are talking about it. Now, the group that I was with, maybe they know a little bit more about pro-life or they're connecting with that since they were on the trip. But I think, you know, it, just in general, there's a lot more attention on it. And there's a lot more questions people are asking and, a, and, and curiosity and I do think that conversation is happening a lot, that this could be the year that Roe versus Wade is overturned. So the march that we were on, we ended at the Supreme Court. You and I have been there. Um, I was there twice last year in November and in December. And so a lot is waiting on that. But in Texas, we're not, we don't have to wait. The Texas heartbeat law, as a matter of fact, last week got through another hurdle. The third time, the third time it's been up at the U.S. Supreme Court and the Supreme Court passed on uh, striking it down or in any ways make it more, you know, making it difficult for it to be upheld. And so that's something that I think just adds to the strength. Uh, you were handing these out. I tried to get some of them out. Um, these are cards that we're putting together. We've got a digital form of this. It's got a front where you can see 20 lives saved, a little QR code, the texasheartbeatlaw.com website, some information about our organization and so on on the back. Um, you know, a great way to start a conversation. Let's switch gears, Mary Elizabeth. Uh, you know, you were here in Texas for the Texas Rally for Life. My son, I was with one of my sons in D.C. The other one, the younger one, Jonah, was at the Texas Rally for Life with his middle school group. Thank you. Great job. Holy Family Catholic School bringing some kids. Uh, and, you know, look, but similar environments, I mean, similar interests and in, in topics. But the governor was there. You had some big name elected officials. Um, you know, I, the media picked up on it a little bit. But being that close to the National March for Life. Uh, a lot of people maybe picked one or the other, but still a lot of good interest at that event, it looked like. There was a lot of good interest, and I think it's because Texans are really excited about the state of pro-life uh, here and what it can mean in the future, because right now, Texas uh, is a pro-life state. We're saving babies every day. Like you said, 20,000 have been saved since September 1st when the heartbeat law went into effect. Not many other states can say that. And it was great to have the governor there. Uh, he was the one who signed that law, but I don't think he was there just for clout to say he signed that law, but to just say that he's very proud of our state for passing the Texas heartbeat law. He also mentioned the chemical abortion ban, the mail order abortion ban. We've talked about that issue before of making sure women aren't getting mail order abortion drugs in the mail. That can be very dangerous and very devastating. Some women have died um, in their dorm room from these drugs. Um, we passed that law to ban that as well. So he just went on about the great victories, even the budget and how we have $100 million to the alternatives to abortion program. So he had a lot to talk about when it relates to pro-life. And it was glad to hear that from a state leader who is pro-life and is working with us um, on those issues. But you had other state leaders there as well. You have Representative Capriglione. Uh, you had women from different groups uh, who represent pregnancy resource centers. But overall, there was a lot of excitement. Hundreds of people came out to march and hear these speeches. Um, and it was just a great day. 
Well, look, and, and it says something when your top state executive comes to an event that, you know, is going to draw a lot of negative attention in some people's mind. The media is going to usually try to painted it in a negative way, and you're going to have some kind of small group of protesters there. It's a public event. It's outside. And you remember that no mail order abortion ban bill, the governor signed that. Governor Abbott signed that bill at our Texas Values event back in September. First time. I've been doing this work for two decades. I've never had the governor sign a piece of legislation at our event that I've been hosting. Now, there have been times where Texas Values or, or I was a part of a bill signing at some other public location or ceremony but never the way it came together with this. It was really special. And, and we appreciated the opportunity to be hosting that event when that special occasion happened. And But, you know, that's been talked about a little bit this week, Mary Elizabeth. Obviously, a lot of commentary after the March for Life about what's next after Roe, post Roe. A lot of talk about the Texas heartbeat law. A lot of other states following the Texas heartbeat law. There's a great article out from our colleague and a member of our team, Arena Grossu, about what's next for the Texas heartbeat law and how other states are following that. And there's another article out too by our friend Michael New, who was talking about the fact that you might see other states in the federal government sort of take advantage of, you know, pulling back on some safety regulations at the federal level that would allow these abortions to be sent through the mail and not have to, a girl not have to visit a doctor. Not so in Texas. All right. Uh, other states don't have this law, but we do. Okay, so we've got the heartbeat law. You've got the no mail order abortion. So there's a lot of different ways that we're able to provide that protection for that unborn child. That's not the same in other states, but you might find people trying to, you know, it's a little bit easier sort of to get away with that or to skirt around the law if you're sending it through the mail. So we're going to have to be, you know, really on top of that when it comes to enforcement. That's what one of the articles was talking about. But to your point, and that's something that we focus on on the Texas Heartbeat Law website. TexasHeartbeatLaw.com is the website, and you can see it. We're, we're updating it almost weekly. And one of those things on there is how women and families can connect to those resources that are a part of that support of $100 million of support from the budget allocated so women can get the support that they need. Abby Johnson says uh, the amount is $200 can be the difference and whether or not a woman has an abortion or not, if she's got that $200 to pay her car bill or keep the lights on or make it for a couple more weeks. And so check out those resources that we have to support women, TexasHeartbeatLaw.com. And, you know, Mary Elizabeth, no legislative session right now. I mean, there could be a special come up. Really a great time for us to educate people about these laws that have been passed. A lot of anticipation about what the Supreme Court's going to do by June. They have to make a decision by June in the case out of Mississippi that's challenging Roe versus Wade. And so um, a great opportunity for us to be out and about and talking to people and right in the middle of a busy election season, right? And so this is one of the best times, right? For people to be asking their elected official, where do you stand on life? You know, would you have, would, would you continue to support policies like we passed at the state Capitol? Because there are some Republicans that want to water that stuff down. Uh, but I think you'd agree right now People should be talking to their elected officials and asking them, where do you stand on these life issues? And can we count on you uh, when you go to the Capitol in Austin or D.C., even at the local level? These are relevant questions. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I actually just came back from a North Austin Republican meeting where many candidates were getting up and talking about what they represent. And it's not just about voting uh, for those elected officials, but there also be issues on your March primary ballot. 
And some of those issues have to do with life and whether or not that'll be something carried out at the Republican convention. But it is important to see where your representative stands on these issues uh, of life, of family issues, of religious liberty. And that's why we have our I Voter Guide uh, that can help you with those issues. Um, and even at the local level, you may think that, oh, it's just about whether or not we can get the heartbeat law passed. But if you remember at Austin City Council, right after we passed the heartbeat law, they passed a resolution at the city council level to say we, we will resist that law. Uh, so it's important to have local officials, even school board members. Um, Austin ISD wanted to have Planned Parenthood in the sex ed curriculum. Uh, so it's very important at every level that you make sure you know where these representatives, these elected officials stand. Oh, absolutely. I remember a few cycles ago, I was at a candidate forum and, you know, I try not to be that guy that asks the question that everyone's like, oh, how's that going to go? But sometimes you just know your place. OK, I've always sort of been that guy a lot of times. But I, and I wasn't trying to stir the pot. I was asking some relevant questions about the life issue. And somebody on the panel was like, oh, you know, we need, we need to we don't need to answer questions about abortion. And those things are not going to come up, you know, at the local level. I mean, we're going to talk about roads and this. And I'm like, no, no, no not true at all. We see it time and again. Do not let candidates for one second push back on you and get away with dodging a question like this. Because even if, and I'm not saying it's true because evidence has shown us they do get into these issues at the local level, whether it's in public schools, city council meetings, school boards, you name it, they make decisions that are related to their position on the issue of life and abortion. But even if that were not to be the case, many times they run for office at the local level and then they're going to step up to the higher level. You need to find out where they are now uh, before they get into some higher office and then you think they're OK and no one's really vetted them. So um, we've got a great website that we have every year called freevotersguide.com where you can get that free information and access and find out where the candidates stand on these important issues. A lot of questions asked about life, religious liberty some other relevant ones as well, freevotersguide.com. And you're going to see, I mean, just imagine, right, if Roe versus Wade is overturned by the Supreme Court later this year, oh, trust me, the local, the state, all kinds of government officials are going to try to do anything they can, those that are pro-abortion, to pass some type of executive order, some policy, some public statement. They're going to be looking for all different ways to sort of push back and immediately respond. And so we better find out where they are now. And most of the elections right now are Texas House, Texas Senate, your statewide offices. You're also seeing a lot of county races, a lot of judicial races and things of that nature. Many of the school board races are in May. I'm not saying all of them are. Check the local school district that you live in. But many of them are later in the year. But there is a March primary coming up. Early voting starts on February 14th, Valentine's Day. Um, and then uh, um, the main election day is on March 1st. So sorry, my uh, my set, my little earpiece is giving me a little trouble there. Um, so check that out, though. The website, freevotersguide.com, start asking candidates. There are forums going on all over. As a matter of fact, there's an event that we're going to be a part of on in Fort Worth on Tuesday, February 8th. This event, excuse me, this event will sell out. Going to have a lot of great people there. You want to check it out. That Texas Values Action is going to be hosting the main host for that event, the C4 organization that is affiliated with Texas values. But you were at an event earlier, as you mentioned, Mary Elizabeth, a lot of those events going on, but people can call our office and get information. 
And you're right, the party, the Republican Party convention is later this year, likely sometime in the summer. A lot of these things are going to come up. And a lot of them, too, are preparation for what's going to happen next legislative session. And, and look, we just, it was it two weeks ago, we had an event where we highlighted the si signing of the Save Women Sports Bill. A lot of states are in the middle of their session. Now we're protecting this at the high school level. So biological boys cannot play in girls sports in middle school and high school. But we need to be thinking about how we're going to address that issue at the college level uh, next legislative session. That's right, Jonathan. Uh, the Save Women's Sports Bill that we like to call it, that keeps biological males out of female sports, did go into effect uh, last week. And we're very excited about that because the UIL has changed their rules to make sure that that's in there, that biological males cannot compete or practice on female teams. Now, that protects middle school and high school girls, but like Jonathan said, there is a need to also protect girls at the collegiate level. You've seen in the news recently, the swimmer Leah Thomas, a biological male who's swimming against female collegiate swimmers and is totally dominating these girls in the swimming competition. And that's caused a lot of controversy. A lot of female athletes and swimmers feel like they cannot speak out, but they're starting to protest this male swimmer um, swimming against these females. So it is happening. Uh, people uh, think it's not happening, but it is, and it needs to be protected at all levels, but that's something for the next legislative session. Yeah, look, and you know, this is the time to be asking elected officials where they stand on these issues. Find out now. And I'm not saying, I'm not trying to be cynical, okay, but so often after they get elected and come to the Capitol or whatever, Boy, sometimes you can just see them completely forget about it. And good luck trying to pin them down once the election is over, right? They're going to come in. They're going to be focused on getting settled at the Capitol. And so you got to ask those questions now. And I don't think they're hard questions, but if they feel hard to you, I get it. Ask them. They're relevant to the conversation because, trust me, these issues will be a part of this next legislative session. They're going to be a part of school board discussions, city council meetings, certainly at the congressional level. Uh, because the other side is pushing all the time. They're pushing new policies. They're pushing recognitions. They're pushing resolutions. Any way they can get some type of government recognition to change the law, to change the policy, and really redefine what it means to be male and female. I mean, they're challenging and directly going against science. Okay, so, but it does matter what the law says. Y'all hear me say it all the time. The law is a teacher, okay? It matters, and, and that's not all there is to it, right? So going back to the life issue as well, right? Even if Roe versus Wade is overturned, what happens? We go back to state law. We've got a new law in place, the trigger ban, as it's referred to sort of its short version, which just means if Roe versus Wade is overturned, that triggers the law then becomes that abortion is illegal throughout our state. A lot of states don't have that kind of law. We do in the state of Texas. So we'll be prepared, but that's not all there is to do. In the meantime, we're educating people about what resources are available. Because if you have a society where you've got more opportunities and ways to handle those situations, it just creates an environment where it's less likely to happen as well. And so that's a part of what we're continuing to do with our organization. And by that though, educating people. I mean, I'm sure it's gotta be difficult for women who've gone through an abortion to later hear about technology or advancements and know, wow, my baby had a beating heart. My baby felt pain during that procedure. You hear Abby Johnson talk about that quite a bit and many others. And so, 
you know, a lot of opportunities to educate people about some relevant issues that relate to elections, that relate to our society and things that we care about as Texans, as Americans, and as Christians. Um, you know, I'll tell you, D.C., I, I love going to D.C., right? As somebody who's a lawyer, all the history and the government and all that kind of stuff. But I saw some really neat sites that I hadn't seen before uh, because usually it's a little more business oriented when I'm there and you still feel like you haven't seen everything, but there's something special and there always has been. There's something exceptional about our country and about America. We haven't always done everything right. We've made some mistakes, but the principles that we stand for have stood the test of time and they continue. But there are people that would like to strike at and change some of those fundamental principles and that's why it's important that we continue to educate people and hold fast to them. In overturning a Supreme Court decision like Roe versus Wade, our country can handle. I think the culture has already moved in much more of a pro-life uh, way that we're ready for this. And you're doing some of this work yourself, Mary Elizabeth, where you see day in and day out the wonderful work that pregnancy care centers are doing. They're meeting a vital need for the community. There are thousands of them across the country, and there are several hundred of them in the state of Texas. That work's been going on a long time, and I think it's helped people understand that when they choose life, they're not going to be alone. It's absolutely right. There have been pregnancy resource centers in the state for, like you said, a very long time, but they're in even more uh, need and they're being noticed a lot more now that we have legislation that's protecting life. And like you mentioned, it's not just about, you know, the diapers or the few couple hundred dollars. I've seen these resource centers really go out of their way to uh, help the child even a few years after that child is born. Uh, I've seen resource centers uh, educate women about finance, help them with job selection. And some resource centers actually do counseling on helping that woman uh, after she's probably had an abortion and she's come to realize the life of that child that was lost. Um, and then there's also pregnancy resource centers that help fathers as well, that encourage that family formation. So there are a lot of them doing great work. Um, it's just getting people to know about them and making sure that women know that that option is out there, not just to you know encourage them to give life to their child, but to actually help them with whatever they need to remove those barriers that are influencing them uh, to get an abortion. And um, I've been doing a little bit of work on trying to make sure that certain communities know more about that, especially when Planned Parenthood tries to target certain communities and gets out in the community. So it's really important that uh, women are educated about this even before they get to that situation. So they know that whenever this happens, I can go straight to the Pregnancy Resource Center. And men too, uh, they can know that they can go straight to a pregnancy resource center and learn uh, the importance of being a father and how they can help that mother as well. Absolutely. We're about to run out of time. There's a lot of good information in that regard on those issues, texasheartbeatlaw.com. It's not just about the heartbeat law itself. It's also about ways that we're supporting women and trying to help get people connected with vital resources to protect women, to protect families protect babies. Check it out, texasheartbeatlaw.com. Just one of the many reasons that you should consider a tax-deductible donation to Texas Values. We're coming up on the end of the month, all right? We pay month, bills every month just like you do as an organization. We are nonprofit. I know some people are very generous at the end of the year, but we have a whole new set of expenses coming in January, all right? Consider making that tax-deductible donation to Texas Values at our website, txvalues.org. We're just about out of time for this week. We're going to roll into February next week. 
We're going to have a lot of other things to update you. Remember, if you've moved recently, I did. Okay, I didn't move that far, but I did move recently a little bit. And the deadline to register to vote, to stay up to date, is next Monday, January 31st. So get that in. Don't be late on that. We'll have more information about those issues and about faith, family, and freedom in the state of Texas on next week's Texas Values Report. Until then, we'll talk to you soon on our Facebook channels for Texas Values.